For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Do you like pop culture? I do. <laughs> I wasn't talking to you, Andrew. Oh. If you enjoy movies, television, all that kind of stuff, uh, we have a lot of fun on Sif Pop Podcast, part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. So you can come check us out every week. You can listen live or just download it to your podcast feed. Every single week, Aaron breaks down the newest movies that are big in theaters, and I make funny noises. <laughs> You could probably pick one of those that you would like. You can join us every weekend live by looking at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA, or you can find us in your podcast player of preference by searching for Sift Pop. From South Bend, Indiana... Hey, Purdue fans, it's football time. This is Tim Newton, the voice of Purdue football. You're listening to Sports Yak. Hey, hey, IU fans, are you ready for football? This is Don Fisher, the voice of Indiana football, and you're listening to Sports Yak, the number one sports podcast on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. It's the Sports Yak Podcast, brought to you by... Sports Yak is powered by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the Fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame athletic events are available at und.com slash buy tickets. Corey Mann, Chuck Freebie, your sports fix. This is Jimmy Shorts. Sports Yak. Episode 137. This is the Jackie Robinson episode. Oh, wow. That's how many career homers good old number 42 had. Of course, the uniform number now retired by every Major League Baseball team to honor the first African-American to play Major League Baseball. The great and incredible athlete. I had the privilege of broadcasting at Jackie Robinson Stadium on the campus of UCLA. Uh, Jackie Robinson was a three-sport athlete, actually a four-sport athlete at UCLA. Football, basketball, baseball and track and could have probably gone pro in just about any one of those hmm. he was an incredible athlete we're going to jump into baseball but first i want to say uh greetings and salutations to katanya cowgill met her on saturday night at the mark martell show we will talk about that great seat she had a great time she gave me a follow-up email loved it uh david yoder yes went to the brickyard Posted a picture. Looks like he had a great time. I love that he sent us a photo via the tweet. And it looks like he had a good time. Looked like the seats were pretty decent. Yeah. Said it was pretty loud. It was loud. That'll happen at the Brickyard. And Kevin Harvick comes away with the checkered flag, his third win of the season. The good news out of the Brickyard, Ryan Newman finishes eighth at that race. That was good enough to put him into the top 16 for the season standings. And that gets you into the NASCAR playoffs. So good job by South Bend's very own, the LaSalle High grad, when there was a LaSalle High in South Bend, Ryan Newman. I watched the South Bend Cubs celebrate with the champagne on the field and the spraying in the face, and I I turned into a dad. I was like, get those boys some goggles. That stuff stings. It does. But you know what? They're celebrating. They're having a great time. And uh, congrats to Buddy Bailey, who was on this podcast this season. Well, so was Joe Hart. And you'll remember one of the things that Joe Hart told us about Buddy Bailey is the thing that he likes about him is his teams improve as the season goes on. And you saw that with the South Bend Cubs team 
and this team is peaking at the right time. They are undefeated in the playoffs so far. They've eliminated Bowling Green. They've eliminated Great Lakes. Now they wait for the winner of Clinton and Cedar Rapids tonight. And the winner of that game gets on a bus and comes to South Bend. Games Wednesday and Thursday night at Four Winds Field. We'd love to see big crowds out there to support the South Bend Cubs team as they go for a Midwest League title, something they haven't won since 2005. And if all goes according to plan, the weather is going to feel like it's summertime Oh, still. you aren't kidding. You know, you're still going to feel like it's the dog days of uh, <laughs> July. Yeah, they had temperature kissing 90 perhaps this week. So that's South Bend Cubs news. Chicago Cubs lose oh. another one. I uh, I think I sent you a, a gif. You did of Joe Madden. <laughs> I saw it, and then you sent it to me as well. I was like, "Yeah, Joe Madden." Uh, lip readers need not apply for what he was saying in the dugout, but it's I'm so tired of this fill in the blank, and he's not alone. The Cubs have lost three straight. I don't see them winning the division at all now that I believe they're four and a half now behind the Cardinals. They're only a game and a half ahead of Arizona for the wild card. And it prompted me to post yesterday a poll online. And I'm not one who really likes to put a poll online about whether somebody should be fired or not. But it it just called into question what are your thoughts on Joe Madden as a Cubs fan? Should he be retired? retained or rehired for next year how much blame does he share in this right now and are our expectations out of line i mean right now the season stopped today the cubs are in the playoffs so our expectations out of line for this team Corey man what say you on my on my Twitter page right now. Less than a month left in the season. What do you think should be the future of Joe Madden as manager? Here are my choices. Rehire him. Fired, but Theo's fault. Fired, just need a change. Fired and deserves to be. Oh, you had rehire him at the first one. Yes. Uh, how long has he been the coach? He has been there for, well, since uh, 2015 was his first year. Your thoughts? If you- I like him I just I like the way he handles himself. I like the stuff that he's done for the city. I like his uh, philanthropic heart. But when it comes down to making hard choices, I'm going to go fired. Just need a change, which is currently in second place. Yes, in your poll, right? First place, rehire him. Fifty-one percent say rehire him. Mm-hmm. But that means forty-nine percent say in some way, shape, or form. Time to go. It's time to go. Um, and most of that 49% is basically saying fired but needs a change. And here's why I might agree with that segment. I just don't see any fire in this team right now. I, I don't see any spark to it. Uh, I don't see, and, and I don't necessarily say that this is his fault, but it's, it's almost like they need a new voice, somebody to just shake it up. Because to me, and and you know, maybe I'm overrating the Cubs talent. But to me, you've got a nucleus of guys like Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Schwarber. You should Contreras. You should be winning. Yeah. You should be winning. And you shouldn't have these massive struggles on the road. And they do. They have massive struggles on the road. Their road record is abysmal. Um, The pitching is so inconsistent. I mean, Lester was awful yesterday. Just awful. And he's had five games this year where he's given up six runs or more. I mean, that's, that's not what they've signed John Lester to be. Cole Hamels, I don't know what I'm getting out of him every night. And I don't know how they're using you, Darvish. The other night, Darvish had something like 84 pitches and they yanked him. I mean, this is your bell cow. Come on. Let's go. And it's not happening for this team right now. Pause button. What's a bell cow? Bell cow is kind of the the lead cow, the one who leads the uh, rest of the herd back into the barn. He's got the bell on. They follow the sound of the bell. Okay. 
White Sox. They won 5-1 to one yesterday. Jose Abreu is quietly having an incredible year at the plate. He's got 31 homers, 112 RBI, smacked a homer yesterday. But nobody cares. What do you think happened with Dave Dombrowski? Dombrowski? That's a really good question, Corey. I a mean, I realize, I realize the Red Sox are out of the playoff hunt this year, and maybe they find that inexcusable in Beantown. But you won 108 games with this guy as the leader of the ball club last year, the president of the Red Sox. You win the World Series, and now here we are less than a season later, and you're saying, no, we don't think your leadership is putting us in the right direction. Bye-bye. Well, Thursday night was a rough one for Bears fans, which was kind of nice to have Sunday off, but I did put my eyes on some football. I think you did as well. Well, yesterday, let's let's start with the Colts. Mm-hmm. Okay? They lose 30-24 to in overtime to the Chargers. Who would have thought going into that game that the villain, that the blame would lay on the foot of the wily veteran Adam Vinatieri, mm-hmm. who misses an extra point and two field goals, which could have easily been the difference in that game. And Oldest guy in the NFL? 46 years old. Oldest guy in the NFL. Wow. Good for him, though. Well, <laughs> good for him that he's still employed, but you know, yeah. not good for the Colts based on that performance yesterday. And so, and Bob Kravitz writes today in The Athletic, it, is it time to ask the hard question, does he still have it? Now, anybody can have an off day. Did Adam Vinatieri just have an off day, or is he done? I don't know the answer to that. It was like it was about 108 degrees in that stadium yesterday. Yeah. Well, on the warm side. But, I mean, those have been the conditions football's been played in in his entire career. Mm-hmm. That That's nothing new. Uh, I thought Jacoby Brissett acquitted himself very well. Uh, I think the arrow points up for the Colts in that game, even though they take a loss. It's on the road. You came from behind against a, a quality team. Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback, even though he has never won a championship. And uh, so I, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm not all that dismayed coming away from that. Debbie and I celebrated our 10th anniversary in San Diego. Uh, and I remember all the news being Eli getting recruited to San Diego and he didn't want to go out there. Was that the same year Phillip Rivers got uh, drafted? I believe so. Oh four. Yeah. And who did he get? Did he go right to the Chargers? He's been a Charger all his life. Wow. When did they go to Los Angeles? Just a couple of years ago. Okay. They were in San Diego, and they moved from San Diego to L.A. Interesting. So, and he's a quality guy. He is a really, yeah, he's did, got a very strong faith. Didn't he get some new money just this last week? Did, did, did you um, have him in the news? Or am I thinking of somebody else? You're thinking else? of Brissett from the Colts. It wasn't Phillip Rivers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that said, now let's talk about you since you're wearing your Honolulu blue shirt today, let's talk about the Detroit Lions. I I wanted to keep my eye on them because I I think I appreciate Matthew Stafford more for what his wife has gone what through. What his wife has gone through. I, I think I'm pulling for this guy. Oh, why wouldn't you be? Yeah. He's a great guy. Unfortunately, he's coached by a complete nutter buffoon in Matt Patricia. Go on. So the Lions are up in this game. And Patricia, right before the two-minute warning, calls a timeout on a for no apparent reason before a third down play. So then the third down play runs unsuccessfully. The two-minute warning comes. Now the Lions have to kick it away. So instead of bleeding the clock down after the two-minute warning by about 45 seconds, The Cardinals get the ball back with almost the full two minutes remaining. No timeouts left. Kyler Murray takes them down the field. They punch it in. They get the two-point conversion. They tie it up. The Lions blow an 18-point fourth-quarter lead and wind up in a tie 27-27, which prompted me to tweet, you've got it in front of you, what did I say? A time management class taught by Matt Patricia would be fascinating, and it's a uh, gif of Willy Wonka. Come with me, 
And you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Because there must have been pure imagination going on in Patricia's head. He wears this pencil over his ear like he's some sort of thoughtful guy. Well, apparently he's not smart enough to use the pencil and figure out when to call timeouts. In a world of pure imagination. If we call a timeout here. Because if you're going to call a timeout, here's the thing. Design a play where you get the first down and can kill the rest of the clock. So the Lions lose? No, they don't lose. Oh, they didn't? They tied. Oh, they tied. That's 27 all. Which, sadly, here's the saddest part of the whole story. That's the best result of the weekend for our pro football team. (laughs) Bears lose. Colts lose. Lions tie. Tie. So, in essence, they win. I tell you what, uh, and I wanted to text you this. Carson Wentz, no matter what you think of him, that dude is a gunslinger. Oh, yeah. Some of those throws yesterday. And it doesn't hurt to have Deshaun Jackson either. Wow. How about, yeah, how about the guy that's been gone for five years? Comes back, looks just as fast as he did yeah. five years ago. What, what was, where, where was he at for oh, five he years? he bounced around the league. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and he comes back as if, all two, right. He had two 50-plus yard touchdown catches yesterday. Mm. Do you know how rare that is for the Eagles? Here's how rare that is for the Eagles, Corey. The last time somebody did that in an Eagles uniform, two 50-plus yard touchdown catches in the same game, the Eagles were playing at Franklin Field in Philadelphia. It was 1967. (laughs) I watched uh, a a hint of the Pittsburgh Patriots game last night. Why bother? Bill Belichick, first of all, it's a comedic character of his one-liner, one-whatever. But uh, I was fascinated that Antonio Brown is now a Patriot and has a week to figure out the scheme yeah. so he can play next week. That's a lot of learning. Yeah, especially for somebody who doesn't like to wear a particular kind of helmet and isn't smart enough to keep his feet from being frostbitten and all <laughs> kinds of different stuff like that. He's going to have a problem with the Patriots with frostbite. Isn't it usually pretty cold where they play? In the wintertime, yeah. This time of year, not so much. <laughs> Let's backpedal to college football. I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I was rooting for Army. I was Who rooting. wasn't? I was a rooting. There were probably Michigan people rooting for Army by the time that thing was done. That's America's team. I mean, and, and the cadets, quite frankly, should have won that game. Jeff Menken has his team pounding it down by the goal line. They're up 14-7. to they don't throw it much, so he tries to trick and fool on a third down play, and his quarterback throws an interception, yet no points. Michigan goes down the field. They score, tie it up at 14, winds up going to double overtime, and Michigan survives and beats Army 24-21. to Army just made some critical mistakes at bad times in that game, but if I'm a Michigan fan and I'm watching that offense and the shuttling in of two quarterbacks, I'm asking Jim Harbaugh, what in the world are you doing? Probably should teach him some ball handling. There was a lot of fumbleina there, wasn't there? Yeah. Yeah, there was. And uh, so Michigan drops three spots in the poll this week from 7 to 10. Now, that said, it's still a W. And by the end of the year, nobody's going to – Nobody's going to be holding that against nope. Michigan, but it it's still it was a it was a good weekend. I like bye weekends because you can watch games and not really have a necessarily have a dog in the fight and just enjoy. You know, Nebraska and Colorado would have come back there. I watched uh, Clemson is <laughs> this just in? They're really really good. Uh, they looked great against Texas A&M. LSU's new offense, kind of intriguing, watching them against Texas. LSU is not mm-hmm. known as a team that racks up the points. They're known for their defense, not their offense. Well, they've got an offense now. They could be a dangerous team, and they've moved all the way up to number four in this week's AP poll. And um, I watched a little bit of USC Stanford, Pac-12 after dark on Saturday night, and USC's backup quarterback came in and looked outstanding against 
a Stanford defense that's typically got a pretty good reputation. So who won that game? Uh, USC, I believe it was like forty-five to twenty. Okay. So you know some good football over the weekend. Uh, Purdue and IU both cruise. Boy, Elijah Sindelar, what a day he had for Purdue. He throws for over five hundred yards. And the Boilermakers beat an SEC team in Vanderbilt. And I know some people say, oh, they beat an SEC team. What did we tell you about the SEC on this show last week? We told you that the the top is really, really good. The top is really good. Alabama, Georgia, LSU, really, really good. And then the rest of it is just like warm spittle. (laughs) How's that again? Warm Warm spittle. spittle. It's like lukewarm porridge. On this day in 2002... What Williams sister won the women's U.S. title? Well, she's the Venus of the mountaintop. The Venus of the mountaintop. You get the circle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, as opposed to Serena, who gets upset on Saturday by this Canadian teenager, Bianca Andrescu, who uh, was phenomenal on Saturday, never really let Serena into the match. And I think part of that is the U.S. Open is a grueling tournament. You're playing in New York City. You're playing in hard courts. You're playing in pretty warm weather. And that two weeks, I think, takes its toll, especially on an older player. Mm -hmm. But that should also make you appreciate in what kind of shape Rafael Nadal must be to play for five hours yesterday and beat this kid Medvedev from Russia in a five-set thriller. And some of those rallies, Corey, were absolutely incredible. At one point, Chris Fowler with a, a great exclamation. He's got John McEnroe in the booth with him. And this long rally ends with uh, Nadal just saving three shots and finally putting one away. And <laughs> Fowler goes, John, you cannot be serious. The same exclamation that McEnroe used to make to the uh, – to the officials on the court. So uh, kudos to Rafael Nadal, his 19th Grand Slam tournament victory. That puts him one behind the great Roger Federer. How was uh, your broadcast on Friday night? Uh, got done quick because our third straight game where we've had a running clock. Marion just absolutely waxed St. Joe. Final score was 41 to nothing. Uh, the Knights look very solid. Their problem is they're in Class 3A, which means to go through the north, you have to beat Indianapolis Bishop Chittard, who we saw the previous week. Now, of course, the bravado will come out, and both sides will say, oh, we're not scared, we're not scared, and that's fine. You don't have to be scared. But if those two should play in the semi-state, that would be some high-caliber high school football there because both those teams are really, really good. Um, We kind of asked the unfair question of Bo Hunt during the broadcast, you know, we've seen Elkhart Central, we've seen Bishop Chittard, we've seen Edwardsburg, we've seen Marion. How would you, you know, rate the four, put them in order? Well, it, it's kind of tough to do because part of it is, you know, what they look like on that given night that you see them. Mm-hmm. But Marion's a really good football team. Looking forward to this week's game. We've got Northridge, which checks in at number 10 in the coaches poll this week in Class 4A. They're undefeated 3-0. They'll take on John Barron's Plymouth Rockies. Down at the Rock Pile, Plymouth number 9 in Class 4A this week in the coaches' poll. Uh, they got a nice win over Warsaw over the weekend, 24-19. So good, solid Northern Lakes Conference game on Friday night on 46. I think Penn High School's got a huge problem for the next few weeks. You were there. What happened? Number 8 has the body language, in my opinion, of I do not want to be the quarterback of this team. And when the main guy goes down with a foot injury... He's uh, out for the season. He's out for the season, and he's sitting on the sidelines in a golf cart, which, my two cents, I'd put him on the bench and sit him next to whoever's filling in to just talk some positive sense into the kid. He didn't do that, and I I didn't see him uh, in the third or fourth quarter. But this number eight uh, is going to hand it off the whole game, a couple of throws to our buddy's uh, son, Carson Mumaw, just couldn't connect. Just could not connect at all. And there's a couple of speedsters that are going to run the ball, but they need to figure out who the quarterback's going to be. If there's another kid that actually wants that position and uh, whatever They better happens. figure it out quick because the best team in Ohio is coming 
waiting for them on Friday night. Oh, Cincinnati St. Xavier is, at Penn, um, or do they go there? I can't I remember. Double check that one. Yeah, I think they go there. I think that, that's uh, that's a long way to go to get a beat down. Oof. Let me tell you that right now. Yeah, and that's unfortunately that's what's waiting because when you don't have a quarterback and you're trying to run the football, and I'm not sure their offensive line was that great to begin with. No, I think we were one touchdown away from the running clock, which I kind of wanted to see uh, because I found that fascinating at the Edwardsburg game. It's not How- that fascinating. I've sat through three of those games. It's not that fascinating. Just, I, 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 like, I like it under the circumstances because the game gets over quicker and I don't have to talk as much about a, a game that's been decided already, but I want a close game. Yeah, but you brought something up at that Edwardsburg game. I don't even know if you said it on the air or not, but the game plan changes when that clock does start running because of, like, for example, why are you throwing the ball? If you throw it deep and you, you miss, deep you, and you miss, you've killed a minute. You've killed of so much course, time. At that point, you're down 35. Yeah. I mean, you're not getting back in the game. Right. Uh, Cincinnati St. Xavier comes to Freed Field. Oh, they week. do? Yes. Oh, boy. We're going to see Little Big Town, so... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. So there's that. Um, also in high school football, New Prairie with a solid win over Andrean. Looking forward to seeing the Cougars later this year. And congratulations to the Clay Colonials. They end a 33-game losing streak on Friday night. So I got done with our game Friday night, St. Joe and Marion. Mm-hmm. And my path home takes me past... Playfield. Oh, so I decided I'm gonna I'm gonna drive down this back road here where I can see the scoreboard and see how much time is left. And Clay's up fourteen nothing, and they're going to the fourth quarter. Now the conditions are kind of it's it's raining, it's misting. I've been in the rain and mist. Not wild about standing out there, but I thought, okay, I'll watch. And I was at the game for 10 minutes, and because of the number of flags and turnovers and change of possession and things like that, I saw maybe two plays, and I'm getting soaked. And I decided, I'm going to watch the rest of this from my car, because at Clay Field, if you pull up in the right spot, you can kind of sit, you're in the end zone, and you're looking out at the field. Oh, Now, you can't see the scoreboard, so I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll post scores from other games here on social media, I'll keep an eye on things, and when I see that the game is getting towards an end, I'll go back out to get some video. Mm-hmm. So sure enough, I could see Clay was starting to feel like it's time to celebrate. I grab my phone, I run out there, I get there with about 25 seconds left on the clock, and I just shot the last end of the game, the celebration and everything. And I tried to shoot some post-game interviews, but I screwed those up on my phone. Oh, Yeah, I did. I, I'm not proud of it, but that's why you haven't seen any sound from that game. But the little video clip that I did post, Corey. I did see a celebration yeah, clip. Yeah. yeah. It's a little 30-second clip. And I I posted it by saying, hey, the streak is over. After 33 consecutive losses, Clay beats Hammond by a count of 14-8. to eight. And you just see the, the raw joy, the raw celebration that – occurred that night and um apparently people like that because it's got twelve thousand five hundred views on Twitter. wow good for you brother good so, for them yeah good for them is really what it's about because those kids especially those seniors who have stuck it out for four years god bless them they finally get rewarded with a victory 33 games lost how many seasons is that it's three plus three plus you play you play Nine in a regular season plus a tenth playoff game, so that's three plus. Hmm. Okay. Anything else catch your eye on Friday night that you're like, hey, we should probably say how awesome this was? Well, you know, the thing is, I get to cover a lot of Indiana football. Now, we did have a Michigan game earlier this year, but sometimes we don't get into Michigan as much. I try to keep an eye on things, but I try to use connections, and you and I have a real good connection up in Michigan that, uh, well, it would probably be good to to contact our buddy Phil McDonald. Phil's up at WSJM. Um, is he the general manager there yet? He's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> but he's working on it. All right. Part of the 30-year plan. But he's he's a legend 
in Southwest Michigan in terms of radio broadcasting. So I would say he's their version of you. In all honesty, okay, yeah, I can. Li- hey, if you're going to compare me to Phil McDonald, I'll take that. Yeah, that because Phil's Phil, as we like to say at our household, he's a quality guy. And uh, would you mind getting Phil on the phone? From South Bend, Indiana, you know where that's at. I don't. It's Sports Yak with Corey Mann and Chuck Freeby. This is Jimmy Shorts. From WSJM Radio in southwestern lower Michigan, both Chuck and I go way back with sports director Phil McDonald. What are you seeing? Uh, what are you seeing up there these days? What do you? What's uh, what's impressing you? What has? Uh, what team has some more work to do? How about that? Uh, impressing me, uh, believe it or not, Edwardsburg won the state championship last year, and I've heard a couple people say that this team is better than last year's team. Well, I and saw them play, Phil, and you did. I didn't see them play last year, but we did their opener with Dwajak, mm-hmm. and uh, they're this just in. They're good. Yeah, <laughs> they're really, really good. Newsflash: I don't see anybody touching them in the regular season. No, I don't either. I mean, they they pummeled the Wajak and then they beat Otsego uh, real bad this past week. So uh, just I don't see anybody like you said beating Edwardsburg and then Cassopolis. They made it to the state semifinals yeah. last year, and they're two and zero. I mean, they they shut out Menden this past weekend, twenty eight to nothing, and then they they scored fifty seven points the week before. So those two, I think, uh, have the chance of being just untouchable until you get deep into the playoffs. So Cass County's got it rolling because. You know what? Dwajak turns around after they got smashed by Edwardsburg, shuts out Three Rivers, what, 35 nothing or something like that? Yeah, it, it was 35 nothing, and traditionally Three Rivers is is a nice program. Yeah. What about in Berrien County? There you go. Uh, you got St. Joe off to a 2-0 and start. Uh, they had a win at Battle Creek Central, and Battle Creek Central is a pretty good uh, team. They beat them in uh, week one, and then they, uh, they defeated Niles this past week, 55-7. Niles is just, you know, I, I feel bad for Niles in the respect that they battle hard, and they're going to fight from start to finish against everybody. It's just, uh, unfortunately for them, on, on the line, whether offensive line, yeah. defensive line, they just don't have the size to it to uh to handle some of these teams so you know st joe's off to a pretty good start lakeshore is going to be fine they're one and one they had a uh, a week one win they lost to portage northern last uh week 14 to 6 and brian kind told me from lakeshore hey if we limit portage northern to 17 points or fewer we're going to be okay with they held them to 14 but portage northern's defense shut down lakeshore's offense that is supposed to be wide open and throw the ball everywhere and I mean, Lakeshore is going to be fine. They ran into a very good Portage Northern team. They won the conference championship last year, and it looks like they're going to do the same thing again this year. You know who surprised me over the weekend, Phil, was Berrien Springs going yeah. over to Constantine, which is not an easy place to play. And Bill Bergen's only got the dirty two dozen on his roster. He's got 24 kids, and somehow they walk out of there with a W. Yeah, and they beat West Catholic the week before, so they're off to a 2-0 and start. Yeah, Barry and Springs, you know what? Bill Bergen told me this last year, and he said it again this year. We don't have the numbers that a lot of teams play uh, have, but we've got really good talent in those numbers. And he told me that last year, but he wasn't quite sure what they were going to do last year because of some injuries, and then uh, a couple kids decided not to go off for football, and they make the playoffs. And now they're off to a 2-0 and start this year. Barry and Springs is going to be a fun uh, team to watch this year. Don't they have a weird season, though, because they, their home field is being redone, so they have to play everything on the road? Yeah, you know, originally they were going to play an entirely away schedule at the, the visiting venues, and then uh, they came up with an agreement with St. Joe okay. uh, High School where now Berrien Springs can play all their home games except for one at St. Joe, and then the one game they're not playing at St. Joe, they're playing at Bridgman. So they do have a quote-unquote kind of home field until Sylvester Stadium is rebuilt, and that's going to be a beautiful complex, by the way. Tell me about this eight-man football, because it seems to be growing in Michigan, and I know that Bridgman and LMC have both gone to eight-man. That 
eight man has exploded here in the state uh, where they had one division of eight man and now the state has gone to two divisions of eight man uh, based on enrollment because of the number of teams. And some of the teams in the area this year that decided to go eight man, uh, Bridgman, Lake Michigan Catholic, uh, New Buffalo is gone as well. Martin is going to go. Bangor, I think, is going to be the next team to go eight man, possibly all clear. I, I can't. Uh, Say that for sure. They should, but it, but it just it, the lower numbers at, at a lot of schools here in the state of Michigan, not just here in Southwest Michigan, but the state uh, enrollments are going down, and so some of these smaller Class D schools just cannot compete with the Class C schools in in the area, and so the state created this eight man division. Lawrence was the first one in the area to go, and right. then uh, Michigan Lutheran, and now we've got uh, a new conference, the Southwest Michigan Eight Man Conference. How does the, how does that work? Have you called an eight man game? I mean, what what happens? I, I I've done a few uh, eight man games, and uh, to be totally honest with you, unless you're standing, you're sitting there counting how many guys are on the field, it's it, it's just football. Uh, it, it really, yeah. uh, you're going to see more points scored in eight man. The field, uh, if they want to go regulation, eight man is the width is is smaller than a regular eight, uh, eleven man field, so the width of the field is smaller it's still 100 yards uh but one cool thing about eight man is anybody is eligible to go out for a pass so i mean you can have the center snap it in the shotgun and go out for a pass so it's kind of like backyard football it is that's cool yeah and if you've got nice athletes and you you open it up there are going to be a lot of points scored in eight man i mean this past uh weekend here in the area the lowest point total by a winning team was 20 points. You had 46, you had 52, you had 48. You're going to see that a lot in eight man. Phil, a couple of years ago, Benton Harbor was in national news because he had a coach that loved these kids and rallied the community behind him, and he's gone. But, man, you are not hearing Benton Harbor in the news anymore. What's happening there? Tom Matthews took over the the program, and Benton Harbor is playing an independent schedule. So, I mean, they, every year they fight to fill out a nine uh, game schedule. And last year, uh, Benton Harbor was better than what the record indicated because the only teams that would play them were some pretty decent football teams. I mean, really good football teams. And Benton Harbor just missed out on the, the playoffs. They won this past week and they beat uh, Grand Rapids Ottawa Hills. Uh, they lost the week before to uh, to one of the Battle Creek schools. But I think Benton Harbor is finding its feet now with uh, the new coach. He's now in his second year coaching, Tom Matthews. And uh, Benton Harbor's got some nice, a- nice athletes. Quindarius Davis is the uh, the quarterback. Eric Johnson uh, runs the ball real well, too. Uh, Benton Harbor's going to be in decent shape I- as far as um, you know their talent goes. And they've got more kids coming out for football now. Uh, so they've got the, a decent program built, but they have their hands full this upcoming weekend. Oh, they're coming do they down ever. near you guys, yeah, Elkhart Central. Yeah, oh, Elkhart really? Central's got Benton Harbor this weekend. Wow. Elkhart Central's got a kid that just got offered by the University of Michigan over the weekend named Rodney McGraw, who's Ooh. an outstanding defensive end. Phil, the name Tom Matthews, do I know that name? He came from the uh, his last school he was with was uh, Portage Northern. Okay. I thought there was a Tom Matthews up in your neck of the woods that was already coaching, but that's not him. I mean, he had coached, he had co- and I can't remember all the stops that he had made. He had coached uh, football and uh, an assistant coach a couple places. He was actually coaching, uh, I think, in the girls' basketball program, like a JV or freshman at Portage Northern. So he's, you know, he, he's coached multiple sports. So what are you doing on Friday nights uh, this time of year? Um, Nothing. I just take the night off and just chill. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. No, we're following uh you we've got various stations following different teams and so I follow St. Joe for the most part uh this year and so we're on the road at Madawan and hopefully you know in week 1 we had storms move through and we had a 3 hour storm delay in Battle Creek and they're looking for storms again this Friday in St. Joe's at Madawan. I just hope we don't have another 3 hour delay. That's all I want. Yeah, Ooh. no kidding. All right, but Phil. Was, Appreciate you, pal. Yeah, it's always good to talk to you guys. I met this guy back in 1988, my first radio job. If there's anything I learned from Phil, dress for the job you want, not for the job you have. You know, that's about, <laughs> that's around the same time I met him. What? When was the sportscasters camp that you were at, Phil? Boy, that would have been, what, late? Late 80s? 
80s, yeah. 89, maybe? Yeah, I think it was around that time, yeah. Yeah. Is this the same sportscasters camp that had the female at the table as well? Um, who went on to win the, uh, who, uh, what's her face out of Chicago? Peggy Kaczynski. Yeah. Do you remember her, Phil? Peggy Kaczynski? I, I do know who she, was she, did she go through the camp? Yeah, she went through the camp too. I don't know if she was the same year as you though. Okay. She's, won, she's won a couple of big awards, which I'm sure you have as well, like she has. <laughs> he has. <laughs> uh, Phil, Phil's a member of the 30 year team. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am. All uh, what, thanks to Chalk. <laughs> what what year? Uh, what year? Where was the camp location for you? Uh, down in Rensselaer. Oh my God! You came to that one. <laughs> that what, Phil, that Saint Phil, Phil will. Yeah, Saint Joseph's of Rensselaer. <laughs> Phil will remember. So, you know, when we did camps in major cities, we could take people to major league stadiums, and they could do sure. like. We did one over by Pittsburgh. They went to a Pirates game. We we did one in L.A. They went to an Angels game. Well, there's nothing like that around St. Joe of Rensselaer. We took every camper down to the freaking Little League Park. <laughs> and they did, they did a Little League baseball game, and this kid threw a no-hitter that night, and he probably did 12 post-game interviews. You remember that? I do remember that. <laughs> oh, poor Phil. He's like, I can uh, do this Little League at home. Oh. Well, but now look, maybe I can do Little League uh, World Series one of these Exactly. Days. There, there you that. go. So I'm thinking, boy, who would have, would that have come out of your uh, wallet, Phil, or did you have to go up to GM Gail Olson for that back in the day? Uh, no, that would have come out of my wallet. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Good yeah. for you. Phil plunked down whatever it was to uh the one good thing was they had a they had like a Nike camp going on at at yes, St. Joe Rensselaer. So the basketball was actually pretty good quality okay. basketball. Yeah. Uh yeah. Let, <laughs> me, let me put Phil on the spot. Phil, do you remember any one thing about that camp, like a piece of advice or something that you actually still use to this day? Uh I I think the one thing that I got out of that camp was when you're working in radio, um, your audience can't see what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you're their eyes. I mean, that was the one thing. You are the audience's eyes. And that's one thing I, I still live by today. That was the biggest thing I took out of uh, that camp. How about that? Well, you've done a you've done a great job. Oh, I'm, yeah. I mean. Well, thank you. I, like I said, I, I had a good teacher in Chuck. <laughs> No, you had a good teacher. I'm not sure I was that guy, but you had a good teacher. <laughs> I remember Wayne Larrabee spoke at that. Game. Yes, he did. Wayne Wayne was under the mistaken impression that like the Bears were going to be doing training camp at St. Joe Rensselaer again, like they did back in the days of Brian's song. It's like, yeah, oh wait, right. wait, yeah. this isn't happening. Bill <laughs> McDonald, WSJM, up in uh, beautiful Benton Harbor, St. Joe, Michigan. Hey, man, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. Good to talk to you guys, as always. All right, buddy. Have a great rest of the week, okay? Yeah, thanks. You too. Thanks, Philippe. See you, Phil. I'll quickly say that the number one movie in America is easily one of the worst movies in America. And what's that? It, Chapter 2, 2 hours and 49 minutes. It is horrible. Well, there's all kinds of violations in this movie. Horrible. First of all, 2 hours and 49 minutes. There's number one. That's number one. Number two, subject matter. Clowns. Why? What is it, a documentary? <laughs> documentary of how clowns kill people? Did you notice, I mean, we were in the studio this morning, and uh, SBT had a story up on the monitor. Now, when we do the radio show, kids, we have these monitors up in the studio. And we have monitors up, but we don't have the sound up on them. No. So we can't hear what they're talking about. But that means I pay special attention to the graphics frequently so that I know kind of what they're talking about. Sure. And WSBT News this morning had a story airing, why are people afraid of clowns? So apparently nobody listened to Friday Sports Chat. 
<laughs> because I can tell you why they're afraid of clowns, because clowns kill people. <laughs> and I don't mean like, hey, Jerry, you killed out there tonight. No, no, I don't mean from a funny standpoint. I mean they actually kill people. Yes. The Elkhart Comic Con was fun. Ran into some old friends, some new friends. What, give me some highlights at the Elkhart Comic Con. There's a guy there by the name of Stuart. He's an artist out of Indianapolis, and I have talked with him multiple times at other Comic Cons. Mm-hmm. Had a great uh, conversation with him, an inspiring conversation for me to kind of get off the bench and get back into the game. I needed to hear that from him. I met a guy named Tom who is basically one of my favorite artists growing up. He did Scooby-Doo. Oh. He did Thundar the Barbarian. He did uh, Flintstones. He had his hand in a lot of that animation. Okay. So he was there. It was kind of cool, very nostalgic. Uh, my good friends at buymetoys.com and Tom's Vintage Toys had amazing real estate. And I met a guy who's a veterinarian in, El- in Elkhart. But his hobby uh, is 3D laser printing, Chuck. And he makes, like, toys that aren't being made yet. Oh. That's his thing. So, um, for example, there's a Keanu Reeves Matrix figure that came out a couple years ago. Okay. And you got all your little pieces, you know. It's a 12-inch figure, and it kind of gets very detailed. The glasses didn't fit the character that well that the company made. He figured out how to make them with his laser printer yeah. and has, to this day, sold 140 pair for that particular action figure. The nerd alert scale on this is going it's off bananas. the charts. Yeah. There's, uh, did you see Guardians of the Galaxy 1 or 2? Two? 2. 2. You remember when Groot had the bomb that he had to yeah. take into the, and, you know, and it's like taped together and, you know, don't press that button, press that button. He made that bomb. And it's about, it's a hand... To scale, I'm gonna be getting one of those for Christmas. I gotta have me so one. So you're hanging with bomb makers? Yeah. Well, I'm hanging with a veterinarian who makes pretend veterinarian bombs. bomb maker. <laughs> and Mark Martell's Saturday Night, the Ultimate Queen experience was, was it fantastic? That dude is amazing. He took an intermission the last time we saw him, and I said, "How worn out are you?" And he's like, "That 20 minutes I used to take is." You know, you need it, but you can't at a casino. I said, oh, why not? I just didn't get it. Because because you give them 20 minutes, they're gone. They're gone, yeah. They're back to pulling levers and throwing yeah. down cash. I tell you what, though, I still can't get over my buffet experience and the amount of food we Americans eat. Oh, it's incredible. You know, th- there's going to be more there. They're, they're going to have another plate for you. And yet, people just... Pile it. Piled it on. They pile it as off. though they're never going to see food again. No, nope. no more crab legs after this visit, so you better get what you can. I couldn't believe how much food these people had. Oh, yeah. I, I I, told uh, one lady, I said, do you have any Tums? I was on plate number two. That's my, that's my limit. Yeah. And I also thought of you. I thought, how do you maneuver a keto diet here? I mean, you really got to do your homework because it yeah. was... Every kind of food you can think of. Well, you have, you have to do it anytime you go out to eat. Yeah, but a buffet a- is tougher. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It is, Chuck. As I pulled off my napkin and I threw it down. I'm done. Oh, I'm goodness. out. Out of here. So, yeah, one thing that my wife and I agree on is Little Big Town. So we're going Friday night to the Allegan Fair gonna head up that way to see him on friday night boy kind of late in the season for a fair isn't it they they are well known for this time of year and they bring in huge country acts and uh i got debbie tickets to see them a couple of years ago but i had to stay home our son got sick so she who was else a do they have besides a little big town may i look real quick yeah go Is ahead that, if i'm not mistaken it's a pretty decent uh lineup because you know, it's not often you hear of too many fairs that rival the fun fair, the everything in one fair, the Elkhart County 4-H fair that my buddy Trent Hostetler is the grand poobah of. Um, but it sounds like Allegan's got it going on if they're getting a group like Little Big Town. This past Friday was Dan and Shay, huge. Yeah, they are big. Well, they're not, they're not my thing. They're, they're not my thing, but mm-hmm. I've heard of them. An amazing throwback night with live bush and our lady peace kind of 90s alternative okay not bad i'll take your word for that one 
at Little Big Town. Mm-hmm. And do they have a demolition derby? They've got monster trucks well, there you uh, go. on Wednesday night. Yeah, monster trucks. you got to mm-hmm. have those. Truck and tractor pull Thursday night. Of course. Demolition derby on Saturday That's night. That's how you do it. That's how you do a big time fair right there. <laughs> Don't forget the parade happening tonight at 7 o'clock. Okay. But yeah, a little big town, live and bush, Dan and Shay. That's not bad. How long does that take to get up there? I think I saw hour 45. Okay. Because I'm heading to Grand Rapids, but before Grand Rapids, I take a left. So this is Friday night. Mm hmm. Okay. Hour 45. Yeah. Love me some little big town. Check for. They're my Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> what does that mean? They're my Fleetwood Mac. That four part harmony, great catchy songs, you know, they just remind me of like the Fleetwood Mac of yesteryear. They don't have their tusk yet, but they're working on it. Okay. <laughs> Take your word. Follow us on Twitter, the Sports Yak with two Ks. On Instagram, you can email us, the Sports Yak with two Ks at gmail.com. This is a long show, but a show worthwhile, in my opinion. Well, I hope that the uh, listener shares that opinion as well. By the way, thank you for listening. Our biggest show, single show, was last week. Really? Yeah, I th- I thought I sent you that text bigger, or the bigger email. Bigger than the David Magley extravaganza. Bigger than Muffet. Bigger than... I'll say this. In a single day listening period, yes. Bigger than Gordon Lightfoot? I mean, Mike Lightfoot? Yes. Okay. 189 downloads in one day. Now, if we could get Gordon Lightfoot. On a day that we're not on, by the way. It was on a Thursday. That, that's impressive. So, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. The other episodes, not so much. By the way, oh, one real great. one real quick thing. Yeah. Nord, Notre Dame Athletics being a sponsor, they had a really good weekend. Volleyball knocked off Purdue, which was ranked number 18 coming in. Nice. Men's soccer wins the Mike Berticelli tournament with a one nothing, or uh, they shut out Denver yesterday. So, good weekend for Notre Dame Athletics. We appreciate their sponsorship of the Yak. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga looga, Heine Manoush Van Lingo Mungo Nugolos on you maniacs. Everybody get out of here. There's a lobster loose. Oh, holy cow, he's loose. You've been listening to Sports Yak, brought to you by Notre Dame Athletics. Experience the excitement of cheering the fighting Irish onward to victory. Tickets for Notre Dame Athletic events are available at und.com slash buy tickets. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.